Hello and welcome to the Web Surfers. I'm your number one host, Fox. And I'm your number two host, Bella. It's been a while, but we're back and this week we're talking about surgery. From anaesthetic-induced ramblings to the weirdest stuff found inside of patients, we're covering it all and we're searching the oceanic depths of the internet to help us do so. Please bear in mind that whilst we'll try to veer away from anything too dark and too graphic in this episode, the very nature of it means that the squeamish, the phobic, and those who are just about to have surgery should listen at their own risk. Right, so, before we start surfing... Uh, what are your experiences and feelings regarding surgery? Uh, have you ever had surgery? We'll start there. I don't think I ever have. I've never been fully under. Yeah. The only kind of thing that's like, you know, close is I had to have four whole teeth taken out of my mouth to get braces. Yes. And I had to go on gas and air, which was... Yeah. <laughs> really funny. And I remember kind of coming back to a little bit. Because you're like, Bella, we're done. We've taken all your teeth out. And <laughs> We've taken the, all your teeth out. <laughs> all of your teeth. They're all gone. Horrendous um, <laughs> phrasing. Hey, Bella, we've taken all your teeth out. <laughs> First of all, they didn't say that. Um, but I do <laughs> remember coming class. back and the dentist just being like, you can let go of my hand now. And I was just <laughs> biting his hand. Like, I didn't realize that. I was doing that. I just kind of came around. I realized I had his finger like in my mouth and I was just fucking <laughs> bearing down on it. You had enough. Down. You're yeah. like, do not take any more of my teeth. Please. Also a fun tidbit about that experience is that I was allowed to have headphones so I could listen to music a bit like that Glee episode where they all get into Britney. They all listen to Britney Spears <laughs> whilst on gas and air. Um, yeah. But instead of Britney Spears, I had chosen to listen to Panic at the Disco's entire discography. <laughs> excellent choice did you become a member of panic at the disco in your no, own head but i will say listening to pretty odd whilst on a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of nitrous oxide yeah was really quite fun it's nice it's quite so, peaceful when you had teeth removed were they baby or adult teeth for one they thing? were adult they were adult teeth because okay. i was getting my braces put on and i was about 13 and i'd actually gone to my regular dentist and they start to try and pull my teeth out and I like started having, well, I thought I was acting very normal, but it turns out I was having a panic attack. Um, right. And so they actually sent me to what is known as a dental anxiety clinic. Oh my God, I remember this. One of which we luckily have in our hometown. And so they, yeah. just, they just popped me in there and they were like, okay, well, we're going to do exactly the same thing. We're just going to put you on gas and air instead. Right, okay. Which I think should be the normal option. I don't think I should have to be fully conscious whilst they pull out four of my teeth from my yeah, head. Yeah, well, that's the thing is they're like, well, we're sending you to a specialist because you're having a panic attack because we're trying to pull out four of your teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like that's yeah. a normal reaction. Um, That makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, yeah. I also, the only thing that I'd ever had that was close to surgery was having teeth removed, because I've had eight removed. What? Um, <laughs> so I've just Why did you accidentally... Have so many, how many teeth did you have? <laughs> I've accidentally one-upped you by doubling the amount of teeth that I've had removed. I don't remember you having that many teeth. <laughs> right, no, it's not... None of them were adult teeth. Oh... I had a problem with the the roots of my baby teeth where they were kind of overgrown, a bit like adult teeth, so they just uh, were not falling out on their own. I just whapped them out. 
Yeah, so all of my baby molars, basically, I had to get removed. And I think I did it over two or three of these sessions. Yeah. In which they did not give me gas and air, but they just put the big needle into my cheeks. And gave me the local anesthetic. Yeah. And then just plonked them out. To be fair, again, they weren't adult teeth, so I didn't really need the gas and air i think the local anesthetic was it was fine yeah was fine because they didn't they didn't put up much of a fight it was sort of the aftermath of it that was really unpleasant because Ugh. i could not feel my face and, and it's horrible of, you just drool everywhere yeah so they sort of put the gauzy sort of stuff in your mouth and you're just dribbling blood all down yourself (laughs) and i remember mum left me in the sainsbury's parking lot and i had my head up against the window she'd gone in to get ice cream or something and i just remember making eye contact with this woman who's walking like her little yorkie and i i sort of like i guess moved to smile at her Oh no. It just gobs of saliva <laughs> and blood just careen down my face. And I didn't realize even how bad it was until I like pulled the like little mirror down. Oh, and God. just it was disgusting. It was That's so bad. Awful. And I just <laughs> couldn't feel a thing though. And like, you know, the side of your mouth is actually like hanging down. Oh you, yeah. You're not like even you're, using your paralyzed. muscles. Yes, literally. Very unpleasant. Um, I actually so think funny. that that was worse than having real proper surgery. Actual surgery. Yeah, because you're conscious. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's horrible. And it's like, it's it's your face, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's inside your mouth, so you can't see anything. But it feels so invasive. Y- exactly. I think anything that's facial feels very invasive. I've always felt like this about piercings because obviously yeah. I, have, I have a lot of piercings but ear ones don't bother me a bit getting ear piercings i don't get anxiety nope. don't care if it hurts don't flinch nothing but getting like my bridge pierced and seeing the needle go past both of my eyes was really Ugh. something especially as then she hit a small vein and oh, just blood everywhere. I had a massive blood eruption. Blood ran into my eyes and I couldn't, like, see anything. And then I was, like, crying blood. It was very unpleasant. It was kind of goth. It was pretty, like, cool. I felt very punk. Yeah. Um, In a way that I hadn't in many years. <laughs> <laughs> Took me back oh. to my youth and, like, being in, like, mosh pits and Oh, stuff. my God. Oh, also, before we move on to any other surgeries when we're talking about teeth, um, yes. I I was telling mum that I remember the incident where after we had... Okay, so Quiznos <laughs> is... Oh, no. Quiznos, Are you meant to tell the little sister story? I am. So, in I mean, I might tell it wrong because you probably remember it better than I do because it's a much more traumatic incident for you. <laughs> so... so Quiznos is basically like a, a sub shop in the states a bit like subway for our our british listeners do you have a subway shop in australia yes okay so subway um anyways used to go to quiznos and they used to give kids like when you got a sub from them they used to get a cd-rom that had small music videos about (laughs) animals that were animated like bad cgi about (laughs) i don't know the wonders of nature 
There was like a crab and he kind of did like a little Blink-182 song. Oh yeah, they were like parodies. Yeah, yeah, and there was a bat who did echolocation. But she was bit, she sounded like Spears. Br- yeah, she's like echo, 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 echolocation. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact we still remember that means that we listen to these. I can't believe our poor parents. Anyways, so oh, hundreds of times, thousands of times. <laughs> there was one that was about ants and the way <laughs> ants live together and work together as a team and it's about it was about two little sibling ants i'll forever have beef with ants for this because of for this not I think quiznos that's not you know whoever wrote the song not you ants, ants. they it's ants problem they're the heart of the problem <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be that kid with a fucking magnifying glass burning ants oh, yeah, that on was, the sidewalk yeah, I, I was non-violent towards them as a child, but I've changed my tune yeah, now. over the years. I'm embittered towards Now they better them. fucking watch out. Um, so yes, it's a little song about ants and how they live and work together as a team and a little family. And there was two sibling ants and the big ant goes, hey, little sister, hop on my back. <laughs> and because me and Fox loved this song about ants so much, we were playing and Fox goes, hey, little sister, jump on my back. And I did, and I was about three years old, and I jumped on sort of his head. My neck? neck. Yeah, neck, I think, mostly. Um, and you just you just fell and you just bashed both your teeth in. And I was under the impression that both your teeth fell out, your front teeth. Mum, no. however, told me that she had to push them back in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that awful. That is true. I'm so, so sorry. I... I think she had to rush me to the doctor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a medical emergency. I do remember going to the doctor and him like laughing at me and telling me I could only eat bananas for a while uh. and like soup. Yeah, so basically they were pushed back, but they were still holding on. Yeah, so she had um, Because they were not ready to... Because they were my adult teeth. No, they weren't. They were your baby yes. teeth. This is in America. Mm, kids get their adult teeth pretty young. How old were you? I would have been like, I would have been like eight. Oh god! <laughs> I swear they were my adult. Oh, Maybe they weren't. May- I don't Either- know. Okay. Regardless, so she had to push them back in, awful, and put like pull them forwards, and then we had to go to the den, to not to the dentist, to the doctor, who I don't think really did anything probably gave me oh, some um, painkillers probably early 2000s uh you know allowed painkillers for small children yes <laughs> right well. like codeine in it or something. <laughs> and um what the problem was then is that they never grew in right no i know <laughs> i'm so sorry and all of the dental work that i've had braces and having them filed down and all of this is all your fault yeah (laughs) i should really send you the bill however you instigated it by saying hey little sister jump on my back and i just did as i was told and to be fair if i was going to ask someone to do that i should have made sure that my noodle arms could support such an action well and i should have been doing more press-ups 
Yeah, as an eight-year-old. Should have been getting hench. Yeah, I should have been preparing for that moment. And actually, in the long run, I will thank you, because I don't think I would have gotten, like, a a Get the London look front tooth gap (laughs) without this incident (laughs) having occurred. And whilst it's pretty closed now, that couple of millimeters in between my two front teeth, I do think, gives me an edge. Oh, certainly. Certainly it does. In the long run, despite, you know, the expenses and the dental work and the having braces for a year when I was 18, which was in in college, which was very embarrassing, (laughs) um, ultimately, it's turned out for the best and my teeth look great now. So I can't complain too much. Yeah, that's okay. On the other hand, I never had any, well, I did have braces and my teeth still look like shit because I never wore my retainer. So there you go. That's a lesson learned for everyone. (laughs) I also didn't get where my retainer, I instead just got my teeth filed down so that they have the uh, resemblance of straight teeth. <laughs> it's an illusion. <laughs> but it it convinces everybody, including me, so... So hey. that's fine. That's all you need. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But that was something that I didn't even have, you know, you don't even do local for that or anything. So, like, yeah, it's the only time I'd ever had anesthetic or anything that was remotely surgical was, yeah, the teeth the teeth removal and Mm. that was well over a decade ago yeah until until i got top surgery i think five yeah five weeks ago yesterday can we have a a while ago now can we have a standing ovation can we have a (laughs) can we have a yeah (laughs) listeners i i want to hear your applause from a distance right now (laughs) even though you'll be listening to this This in like two weeks time (laughs) (laughs) those of you who've bugged my laptop can i please get some like i don't know emojis flashing up on my laptop we're actually twitch streaming right now yeah but anyway so five weeks ago i had top surgery which was obviously under general anesthetic. <laughs> no, you're awake be, for it. <laughs> would be horrific. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and yeah, so what I technically had was a double long incision uh, mastectomy with nipple grafts. So two big long lines on either side and where the pec kind of line is that goes around to about just before where my shoulder blade is i guess like it is fully around my sides they go fairly far and um had liposuction too and yeah so with the nipple grafts which is um i've talked to bella in some depth Mm. because they are it is sort of a horrendous concept that they literally (laughs) cut my nipples off right yeah they go on the side for a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop them on a table, yeah. on a napkin, <laughs> and um, cut them down, trim them down, and then uh, they glue them back on. This is something I didn't know. So yeah, I went to my first glue. Yeah, I went to my first dressings change, and she was like, "Wow, the hospital you went to used a lot of glue." And I was like, huh? "They what?" And she's like, "Yeah, they glue them on." And I was like, "Oh." <gasps> Oh, I was like, I didn't know that that... She was like, yeah, obviously they do use some incisions, but she's like, they may basically just glue them on. That's With fucked. surgical glue. That's crazy. And I was like, I knew that there was, like, surgical glues for, like, if you have, like, a big gash, they kind of oh, like, yeah. glue it together. Do you know what I mean? 
And so, like, I knew that there must be, like, medical glue. I just didn't think it was something that you used for grafting a body part onto somebody. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so, but here we are. I don't know what I thought they did. Like, I don't know whether I thought they used, like, a heat gun or something to get them on there, but, like... I would have just assumed sutures. Yeah, I just thought lots of little stitches. But it seemed to be, like, ten sort of bigger stitches going around, like, a pie chart, you know, pizza sure. slice increments, um, and then mostly glued on. Oh. So, but... They didn't die. They didn't fall off. They're still there. They look like human nipples now, so I'm really pleased. You got healthy wee nip knobs. Yeah. Honestly, the whole thing's been, dare I say, a breeze for the most part for me. I've not gotten any infections. It's all healed well. You know, I'm a fast healer. I'm not prone to keloids. I don't have any blood or bruising conditions. So it was always going to be slightly a piece of piss. Hmm. But, um... The thing that was the worst thing was, like, probably just, like, the first two weeks um, yeah. of healing was because, like, I couldn't really, like, shower or, like, move around. No, but your arm, like, lifting your arms was probably awful. Impossible. Yeah. Mm. So I didn't like that, but mainly because I am really hygienic. So I do shower once or twice a day. I, you know, I like to smell my best, and I had drains in which had to be removed through my armpits. Oh. And, which is the, that was at the drains, and having the drains removed whilst I was conscious was absolutely the worst bit. It wasn't quite as bad as I was imagining, but it's, it's about what you think of having tubes removed through your armpits. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. It's not like something no. I'd go out of my way to achieve. I'd rather not ever do it again, but, no. you know. Um, so I was very nervous about that because I, it was like, that happened the day after surgery. So I was just kind of waiting all day, like, they're gonna come take these tubes out of me. Yeah. And it's gonna be really unpleasant because they're <laughs> really long and they go right down really deep in me. And I just feel like the armpit is just a bad area. Yeah, it just doesn't, it's just not, it just- It was like ugh. my shoulders or something. I just feel like it would be less cringe, but the armpits just- Yeah, because they're squishy. Like- Yeah. Is yeah, it, oh, I don't know. They're just very sensitive. No. Yeah. Anyway, so I was left with these big holes in my arm. They were literally just, you just look at it and you're just like, that's a hole down into my body. Aww. And they didn't put any coverings on those. I ended up bandaging them myself because they cringed me out so bad. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to see them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's understandable. I wouldn't want to look at them. So I ended up keeping them covered myself because I was just like, ew. <laughs> but also, they smell like a hole to your inside. You might Wood. how you might expect that to smell. Yeah, just which very is bad. Bodyish and not good. And I also wasn't allowed to wear deodorant for like two weeks. Ugh. Are they gone now? Yeah, you can't even see them. There's like not even. So a wait, scar. did they suture them up? Like, did they get sewn no, shut they eventually? Just, no, no, they just seal themselves. Oh. What do you mean? <laughs> they just close. That's oh, what happened. How big a hole were we talking? Um, uh, maybe a centimeter by a centimeter. Oh Christ! They just close up. Yeah, it just sort of turn into like a little crescent moon shape. You know? Oh wow! The body's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's like the a little fuck? trap door to my, you know, armpit insides, and yeah, I guess it just kind of the 
the tunnel inside me. This is how I picture it working, which I don't think is really true. <laughs> Your body's just a series of sort of worm-like tunnels. <laughs> yeah. No, how I'm picturing it is just that this tunnel that they've carved out for these tubes just closed from the inside to the out. Like, once all the tube was shut, yeah, then, just like, th- then the entrance closed down. Like, when a tunnel, like, collapses in on itself. Yeah, like I think you're probably correct. <laughs> Which I don't think is how it is, because basically the, the drainage things were kind of along, like, the suture, I think. Yeah. To make, to gather all the excess how fluid do they get them in blood there? and stuff. I don't know. I mean, surgery is very confusing to me. It is. It is. It's amazing, sort though. Sort of way above my pay grade. <laughs> I'm fascinated by medical stuff, but like, I, and I actually thought I knew quite a lot until I got there and was like, yeah, I didn't think that, I've seen the the movies and the, the TV shows, the medical procedurals. Sure. This is not how, this is very different. Yeah. This is a different vibe, too, is... Got a lot less drama and... <laughs> yeah, they're pretty chill about it. They do it every day, like day in, day out, the surgeons. They're just like, yeah, okay, whatever, fucking go to sleep. Yeah, the best I bit about it nipples. was... Um, <laughs> was basically, I I really thought... I was, I was a little bit anxious, but I wasn't doing as badly as I thought I was going to. Like, I really thought I was going to get in there and be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I can't do it. You know, have like a complete freak out. Yeah. They got me on the bed, put my little compression socks on, said bye to Brendan. And then I went into, got wheeled into the anesthesiologist's room, which is like a room before you go into the surgical yeah. suite, if that makes sense. Like it's an in-between And then they room. wheel you into the surgery once you're asleep. Yeah, so in this little mini side room, I got like the lines drawn on me and met the anesthesiologist. And she was like, I'm going to give you something for your anxiety. So she put like the tap in the back of my hand. Oh, nice. And made me basically just really high. (laughs) Yay. And so then I just didn't feel, I was like incapable (laughs) of feeling anxiety. And so we were just chit-chatting. They were like, you know, what what do you do? And I was just telling them about my dogs. And I remember me trying to explain to them what an Ibethan hound was and then just (laughs) out. Gone. They sneak attacked me. There's no counting backwards. They just like knock you out like You're when you least done. expect it. Yeah. Which was a blessing. But also I I was always under the impression that it was just dark and then you were awake. Mm. I actually had like more like a normal sleep and I had dreams the whole time. Oh, what did you dream about? Um I think I was going on a hike. That's I remember nice. something about like nature. Um I think I went to a cafe. I think it was like sort of like <laughs> I was in the desert. Mundane. Oh. Yeah, it was very mundane. I That's don't think nice. there was much much to it. I don't think maybe I was capable of like extremely like plot heavy dreams. <laughs> like I usually have. Like my dreams are usually very vivid and have like a lot going on in them. Yeah. Like they're like full sci-fi epics. This was a bit more like I've seen a possum. I'm gonna walk over here. I had to look at some have a dirt. fish and chips at the pub. Yeah, there's a lot of red dirt. <laughs> Um, and that was just sort of it. And yeah, and then I woke up in the the recovery suite. I remember just being, someone just going, Fox, Fox, and just me being like, and I literally jumped awake. I went, (laughs) yeah, like, like spooked. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'm very glad that it all went so well. 
Yeah, it was just, it was like a lot less scary than I think. Because like, obviously, they don't really show non-scary surgery in fictional context. No, in like because... House MD, it's like they only show you the worst possible outcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this was just very mundane. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's nice. Um... It was it was all just like very fine. Yeah. And I you know, I only had to spend the night in hospital. It really wasn't that bad. The anesthesia made me very nauseous, which was probably the worst part. And then, you know, then I was just like home and snoozing quite a lot. Oh, sorry, and I yeah. felt I felt sort of back to normal maybe after three weeks. I think that was sort of when I could like stand up straight again and Yeah. Everything stopped looking so gunky like i still have dressings on now but i just change them myself and they're really not anything scary yeah, to look at that's okay that's good i know it's so funny you because sh- you showed me a photo of how your stuff is healing and it sent me mm-hmm. into like a weird like tailspin where i was like isn't it weird that it's a it's fine for me to have seen your nipples now yeah yeah, yeah. But a few months we've ago, got our there's We've no got way. our entire adult lives and teenage <laughs> lives as well without ever seeing each other's nipples. Um, hadn't seen each other's nipples since we were like single little, digits. Yeah, little babies. And then all of a sudden now it's just fine it's for fine. you to see yeah, them just because they've like cut them down and stuck them back on. Yeah, it's just because they were taken off for a little bit, popped back on. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> it's a bit weird. <laughs> I do feel weird about it. Like... I've been so trained to be like, you're not allowed to be topless. No, I bet. It's weird. That even still when I get out of the shower now, I still do like the little towel dress, like under the armpits instead of like around the waist because I just feel like I'm not allowed. I just, I have like phantom tits now, you know, they're like haunting (laughs) me. Oh no. <laughs> Ghost boobs, you've killed them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um so I'm gonna seg um, my next question yes. is gonna segue into my first my first bit of surfing. Okay. Exciting. So have you ever considered getting cosmetic surgery and if so, what for? Hmm. Now that's quite an interesting question. I've not really ever thought about it seriously but i always was pretty insecure about how small my lips are yeah but i mean i guess that would just That's be just like filler like dermal That's filler. Just like, yeah yeah um as far as like proper surgery goes i don't think so you know i was thinking the same earlier because i was thinking oh i'd have that done oh, i'd have that done and all of these were just like fillers yeah. like i'd have a little bit of nose filler for maybe like a straighter bridge maybe a little in the jawline for like a sharper jawline or like the jaw line threads yeah, something or whatever like that. They yeah give you like a bit like all that kind of stuff that's done in like 30 minutes at yeah like a, and it's like outpatient and there's like no downtime recovery from yeah, it you, you just know what get I mean? into the office and leave and it like dissolves after like six months or yeah whatever. and i couldn't think of anything that would actually require me being under general anesthetic I can't think of anything either. Um, just because i think i'm scared enough of surgery <laughs> that it wouldn't be worth it for me the only thing i would ever think about maybe doing is getting a breast reduction yeah before i got top surgery i was really considering breast reductions and i thought about it a lot before i yeah. realized i just wanted them gone altogether. yeah i don't want mine gone because you know i'm very happy being a cis woman like 
I'm yeah. very lucky in that respect. But unfortunately, I also inherited the massivest boobs from both sides of our family. Oh yeah, that was another thing. I lost 2.7 kilos of <laughs> tissue during surgery. <laughs> oh my god. Are you joking? Which was the first thing the nurse told me in the recovery room. She went, hello, you lost all this during surgery. I was like, oh my god. And since then, I've lost another four kilos. Because like, I think without that like estrogen deposit, the weight's just like fallen off of me. It's weird. That's insane. That's I so did have, much... Like, H cups and I mean I also had to have liposuction or I opted to have liposuction because the the size of my chest meant uh, that I'd kind of gotten a lot of fat deposit around my sides and back. Yeah. So they basically like just slimmed me up a little bit. Oh see that's what well. I want. It's just cause, like I feel like I, I would look- maybe the only thing I would go under the knife for again or the knife uh would be liposuction, like a ma- a body masculinization lipo. Yeah. Oh, that's but I can enough. pretty much get what I want from that with a lot of working out and yeah, some, well, some that's body fair fat. Enough. I know that's what I figure about anything that I'd ever really want to go under for is like stuff that you know either doesn't matter to me that much or like yeah can be fixed by probably just wearing a better bra (laughs) yeah yeah i could probably like manage to sort it out myself in some regard just like lift some weights or whatever yeah so yeah i don't think i would i don't think i would voluntarily go under again like just no not for anything cosmetic um so this leads me into my first uh thing yes my first my first bit of surfing let's start let's go Right, so this is unusual plastic surgery procedures from northwesternplasticsurgery.com. So the first one we've got is palm line surgery. People who believe in palm readings but aren't happy with their own lines now have a way to cheat fate. Palm line surgery uses an electric scalpel to create artificial palm lines that promise more money, love, and happiness. This trend is more more popular in areas of the world like Japan, where news outlets report that women primarily request a stronger love or marriage line and men request a more prominent wealth line. That's really odd. Isn't that strange? Because you haven't cheated fate. You've just altered your hand. Like, if you do believe in palm readings. (laughs) Then your fate is surely what you've been born with. With, not what you... Well, maybe they do feel like you can alter... I guess some people do feel like you can alter fate. But isn't that odd that you would pay to have your... um, I guess maybe it's like a thing too where it maybe looks good to like a prospective partner. Like, it is a lie, but... yeah. But maybe, yeah, if you, like, have a really deep money line and someone's like, oh, wow, he's going to be yeah. rich in the future or something. But, I mean, I don't think I'm ever looking at people's palm lines I'm thinking much. more like you go to see the, the fortune teller at, like, the carnival ah. or whatever, and she's like, oh, <laughs> your boyfriend's going to be rich or Have whatever. you ever been to a palm reader? No, <laughs> I don't. No, well, exactly. I say palm reader at carnival, like, I've ever seen that be a thing outside of horror movies from like the 1970s (laughs) um, (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> right, what's the, what's the next one? Uh, all right, this is called Pokotox. Pokotox uses Botox and facial filler injections to manipulate the facial appearance of gamblers. The goal what? is to eliminate a poker player's tells or expressions that would reveal whether they have a good hand or a bad hand. For example, upon receiving a card he doesn't like, a poker player may raise his eyebrows. Strategic injections of Botox will prevent that from happening. So you just freeze your face so you don't have, like, a tell. I mean, I <laughs> guess, but do you like playing poker that much? As I was like, that's crazy unless you're one of the top poker players like let's say you're getting millions of dollars per game or something like you are like the best in the world that's one thing but if you're the best in the world you've gotten to that point without needing poker talks so yeah i don't think you need it after that that's insane i've met that i've never ever heard just don't raise your eyebrows that's crazy yeah like you're in control of your own facial expression can you not keep a straight face like that's so funny to me that some people are so animated or like reactive that they literally couldn't keep a straight face over something i feel like this should be this sounds like it's for like amateur poker players yeah a pro a pro they don't raise their fucking eyebrows exactly so like who is like who is this for and I want to just, like, I would imagine going to play, like, you know, a poker game at your, like, local mess hall kind of place, you know? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, It's just, like, for fun or for charity or whatever, like a bingo hall kind of shenanigan. And yes. you sit down across from somebody, you, like, give them a little smile before the game starts, and they just look at you. And they can't move. They can't move a single bit of their face. <laughs> Guess you'd know you're in for a fucking rough ride in this poker game. <laughs> yeah, you're game. like, hey, man, I came here to have a good time, <laughs> and this guy is just not fucking around. He spent <laughs> thousands of dollars getting his face to be com- like more unmovable than the women in like Beverly Hills housewives. <laughs> Oh my god, that reminds me. I like talking about like it, this is this is something that would happen in Las Vegas. It sounds like it reminds me. I was watching um botched not mm-hmm. long ago, and there was some guy on there who'd gotten for a bet. He'd gotten boobs like for a bet. He was oh, like, I, I saw fully that. like um a cis man, masculine presenting <laughs> like just a guy, just like some fifty year old fucking dude, and he just gotten massive fake honkers. Men will do wild things for that so like they're straight dude friends it's completely insane and yeah so he went on botched and he was like can i have them taken out how many of his like straight guy friends do you think he like showed his boobies to and they like got turned on from it and felt really confused um i don't know but i'm sure he's like at least one of them motorboat them i was about to say like i'm That's now imagining these guys hanging out for beers in their like garage or whatever and he's just kind of like they get a little drunk and they're <laughs> like can, can we can we can we see him because <laughs> so then you're weird. getting into slightly strange territory with your bro yeah but, now like, it's not yeah then it starts to become kind of kinky but there's no way they didn't like ask to look at them and they laugh but then someone's like then they kind of feel like a little bit turned on and it gets yeah weird. then they're like oh no put them away actually joe <laughs> <laughs> Right, number three. Ear cropping, which, uh, you know, yeah, elf, if you're into ears. the body mod, alt 
communities kind of like i am because i really like tattoos and piercings ear cropping is not that unusual but um i think it's, it's kind of cute it's also known as elfing which gives the ears a pointed shape with a pronounced tip by removing some tissue uh yes and i actually really have always wanted this done but the thing that off puts me is you can only get one done at a time Yes, you just have like one pointy ear for a bit. Yeah, if they could do them both at the same time, good. But you have to wait, I think, four to six months in between getting them done. Oh, that's not that bad. I thought it'd be longer than that. No, but it is like six months of you just having one pointed ear and one normal one, which I guess if you had long hair. Yeah, especially for you, you've got shaved head. Yeah, there's there's no no hiding my ear situation. So (laughs) I need them both to be cute. Uh, I do like it though. I think it's cute, but I instead of just opted to buy those like silicon elf ears that you just like slot over your ears, and I think they're really cute. That is easier, admittedly, and a lot cheaper. Yeah, I think it's like twenty five hundred dollars per ear to get them Fuck. done into elf ears. Jesus. Um, the next is umbilicoplasty, which oh. modifies the appearance of the belly button. It can transform an outie belly button into an innie by removing part of the protruding skin. All of that made me oh. feel very funny because I feel funky about belly buttons. <laughs> I just got my belly button pierced very recently. Yeah, see, I can't do it. I, I think it's very cute. I don't mind. I like my belly button and I like it more now that it has fancy jewelry in I it. I think I've got a very nice belly button, admittedly, but I just feel uncomfortable with the existence of them. Understandable. <laughs> I basically, I remember a while ago, me and my girlfriend were looking at like funny, like weird body jewelry um, and we found navel piercing that is like Miss Piggy. It's like a diamante belly button piercing that's miss piggy mm-hmm. and she's dressed as marilyn monroe and i was like that's the best thing i've ever seen Literally. And so i was like i'm gonna go get my belly button pierced just so i can get that pit that jewelry <laughs> so i did i got it done a couple two weeks ago oh okay i thought you got it done longer ago than that no it's about two weeks now um and so interestingly i'm not gonna name drop her because i feel like that's unnecessary However, the piercer who did my belly button is very, very cool. And she actually, because we're talking about strange body modifications, she self-amputated her little fingers. Oh, wow. So she has, I mean, she has most of it. It's cut down to the, um, like, first knuckle. Yeah. So she just has, like, like little nubby pinky Little nubby pinkies. Yeah. That's, it's a little too far for my tastes, but, you know, everyone's <laughs> yeah. entitled to do exactly what they want with their own body. She has it in a my necklace. Stance. She has oh. the ends of them in like a little, in like, as wow. like a wet specimen as a necklace. I mean, honestly, it kind of rules. It also it's kind badass. of terrifies me. Did she like go under to have them chopped off or i have no idea i didn't i didn't think to ask her because i was sort of so concentrated um on getting my piercing and everything but honestly i should have been like like because surely no doctor would do that so she must have done it herself or gotten someone else who's like a body modification fan to do it yeah I bet it would be like a american mary situation where it's like yeah kind of underground 
yeah, like a very professional, like someone who has like a surgical or a medical background who now like does mod stuff. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. I mean, seems like nothing went wrong for her. She just has she just has little short fingies, and they're kind of cute. I just don't think I'd want to lose any of my fingers. No, I feel like I need my pinky finger a little. I bit. really do need all all of my fingers because I type all day, and um, yeah, you need them. They're they're beneficial to me in a lot of ways, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I got I got three more. Okay. Cool. So we got foot fillers. Oh. So high heels have infiltrated the fashion world, and sky high styles are particularly popular. Although trendy, high heels can wreak havoc on the feet. Some women opt to have dermal fillers injected into the balls of the feet to add a little extra cushion. And I've heard that the Kardashians have this. Oh. Oh, so you just have like really (laughs) squishy heels. Oh, I mean, I guess. Really hate the, I don't know, image of these like really squishy. Like you could squidge them. (laughs) Yeah, like a stress ball. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. That doesn't feel right to me, but fair enough. I mean, if you wear heels a lot, I can't wear heels because I'm lazy and I can't walk properly. So, yeah. All right, and then the last two things are dimple plasties and tongue splitting. Obviously, a dimple plasty is creating dimples, and then a tongue splitting is getting your tongue cut in half. And then I quite like a tongue split. I think they're pretty sick. I do too, and I also think that it's interesting that the muscles, once separated, kind of get a separate mind of their own, so you can move them independently. It's so cool. It's so and, like, weird. Wrap them around each other and stuff. Very strange. I think that they look really cool. I don't think I'd get it done because the healing just sounds like no, it sounds wild. like a nightmare. Yeah, but um, I do think it looks sick. I think they look sick. I'm honestly a body mods fan. I'm a plastic surgery fan. Um, I think everyone's allowed to do what they want to their body. Of course, I will sometimes make fun of people on certain things and i do sometimes think that surgeons should be um fired for like giving somebody like x cup tits that are like dragging on the floor and it's like their yeah, that 16th shouldn't be allowed breast augmentation or whatever i'm just like to be honest this is like abuse you're abusing somebody who's got like some kind of issue with their body image and you are buying like a maserati with it yeah it's it's pretty it feels pretty dark to me All right, do you want to give me something? Yeah, so we were talking about interesting body modifications. Yes. And I was like, now, I'd heard about this a while ago. There is a rising group of people who are choosing to become, like, smart humans, like cyborgs, by putting loads of chips in themselves. What? So there's this guy, he's called... What's he called? Patrick Palman, I think. Uh-huh. He has, um, tw- I think he has like 27 or something like that, different chips, what? like microchips in himself. For just like varying purposes. Yeah, so one of them's like a, a debit card. One of them <laughs> is the keys to his house. One oh of them God. is the keys to his car. One of them is I don't honestly I don't know what they're all for. He also has magnets implanted in himself that is like so. He, I, I mean I don't know why you'd want to be magnetic. <laughs> particularly, <laughs> yeah, that seems like I don't know asking for trouble in some sort of way. But 
Like, what if you walked past, like, an ultra-strong magnet and they all, like, ripped out of you? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could happen. <laughs> so it's it's part of this this community of people um, who are called transhumanists, and that's a very old. Well, a very say very old. It's from about the nineteen fifties, uh-huh. where people first started talking about basically whether in the future it will be beneficial to basically make ourselves into cyborgs. Yeah, and so there, like another example is this woman who she was in a horrible car crash and she got cybernetic knees basically so they were 3d printed knees and so she was like well i'm already a cyborg so why not go for more grandmother has 3d printed knees does that mean we are related to a cyborg yes (laughs) i'm choosing to say yes i believe so yes (laughs) um So yes, she had RFID radio frequency identification chips put in her left hand mm-hmm. that um, allows her to lock her house door, um, and she also has um, a workplace security card. Yeah, and she also has an NFC chip, which means that um, which is like the kind of chip that's in your phone that allows like uh, Bluetooth to work, basically. Right. I don't want to be really morbid here. Okay. Sure. But there are bad people in the world. Yes. And I feel like if you're advertising that your body (laughs) and the things that are in it can unlock your car, (laughs) house, safe, use your (laughs) credit card, use your debit card, that like one murder would get somebody like a lot of things then. You know? Yeah, I just think you're asking to get your hand cut off. (laughs) Because, like, okay, so if so, I'm walking along, walking the dog, whatever, and someone comes up and kills me. Sure. They might then have a key to my house and my, like, locked phone, but they don't have keys to the car, keys to the safe, my debit card, all these things. Do you know what no. I mean? Like, that means your body, or, like, you know, even if they just held you at gunpoint, it would be very easy to get you to unlock everything. Yeah, I just well, think surely. that if you are a cyberhuman... Keep it to yourself. Don't advertise that on like TikTok and stuff because I just feel like it's just really asking for someone to do a very bad robbery of you. Yes, the worst kind of robbery. Like a particularly bad robbery. Like either they cut the chips out of you, they use your dead body to open things, or they like hold you, you know, hostage and make you open things. But either (laughs) way, you are literally like an all-in-one key you're a master key of a human being for like everything in your life your money your house your car that just seems like just use a normal key so i just think it's a bit it's a bit ridiculous i just think the whole thing sounds silly it's quite interesting though do you think that you would become a cyborg Oh, like a full cyborg? Like, maybe. If it was an option, do you think you would... Like, if it was, like, fashionable, say... Oh, just if it was fashionable. Like, if it was, like, cool... Would this... Like, get, I don't know, like a... Like, metal, like a fancy hand or... Yeah, something like that. Do you think you would? Yeah, probably. I think... (laughs) I think I probably would. I'm a trend follower, and... I also think that I've got really like bad knees and like joints and stuff. So like if they could yeah, give well, me like, you might have to end up becoming a cyborg. If they just could give me like some souped up body that you know, that would be actually pretty sick to be honest. <laughs> Secondary question: Do you think that people should have sex with cyborg? Uh, not cyborgs, androids, because cyborgs still have complete human consciousness. 
I think um, with cyborgs, not cyborgs, androids. Yes. Yes. Yes and yes. So yes, if they don't have human consciousness, and yes, if they do have human consciousness. Okay, yes, because if they don't have a human consciousness, then... It doesn't matter because they're not alive. It doesn't matter because it doesn't have a consciousness. They're a doll, and it doesn't fucking matter. And if they do have human consciousness, well, as long as they're consenting, like a human being would be, then it's fine. So either way, with an android, whether they have... Uh, whether they pass the the Turing test. Turing test. And whether they, you know, they have like a mind of their own or not. I think it's fine to fuck them. I think that that's perfectly okay. As long as you um, ask permission. What if it looked like Wally? Um, well, I guess whatever floats your boat, but Wally is so cute. So I say. You know, someone's made porn of that. Oh, I'm so Of that's course they Of course they you know, I bet Eve from Wally has so. Much, I bet she has so much porn of her. I'm actually gonna look it up right now. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I don't want. I don't want to know. I'm not gonna show you. I just want to see if someone's done it. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, of course they have. Deviant oh. art is called that for a reason. Oh, ah, oh, no. You are oh, you fucking heathens. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is it really bad? It's pretty bad. Why did they give her like big tits? Like she's the same <laughs> shape, but they've given her big robot boobs. Of course they have. <laughs> What's wrong you with people, man? You can't have pornography without the Good double Ds. God. They'll give tits to anything. Ugh, I'm sick of it. It's oh, awful. I really want to watch Wally now. That movie makes me so happy. So, I love that this movie. is maybe slightly tainted it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't see them, so you're okay. I'm I'm imagining what what is on show, what's on display it's not on great. the internet. It's uh, I've seen lots of other porn, so I I, I get an idea. <laughs> But yeah, so that's all I kind of wanted to talk about was kind of microchipping and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think that's it's very kind of strange. interesting. And there's a there's a moral aspect to it where it's like, okay, well, we we microchip animals and they can't even consent to being microchipped. Yeah, which yeah. don't get me wrong, I think we should microchip animals to keep them safe. Yeah, that's a good thing. But my dogs are microchipped. Yeah, of course. But um, is it you know is there a moral thing around should we microchip humans the same way we microchip pets? You know, is mm. that like what's? I feel like that, like compulsory microchipping. Oh God, for people no, no, no! Like, lead I to... think I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't think <laughs> anyone is suggesting compulsory microchipping. Do not get me wrong. Oh, I just because you said microchipping like animals. Yeah, no, these people are saying like, is it okay even consensually to be doing oh, this? Yeah, it's com- it's completely fine. I just think it's. I just think it's, Yeah, I just think it's funny. But apparently, I think it's completely like a wank off move <laughs> to do. Like you are literally just sitting in your white and marble house, being like Alexa, do all this for me. And then you're like opening like your fridge with a magnet in the back of your hand, and then you're <laughs> masturbating furiously to yourself in the kitchen just after doing that. Um. But yeah, so it's quite fascinating. However, very strange, and about 500 people in the UK currently have an uh, NFC microchip in their hand. Oh, okay. So it's apparently it's getting more popular. Hmm. If I'm ever working a shift at unnamed coffee chain <laughs> and someone comes in and waves their fucking hand over the contactless thing, I'm going to lose my mind. Right, so moving, continuing on like a... I guess a weird trajectory mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've got 10 incredibly strange surgical stories for you written by Nolan Moore, who I'm naming specifically, who works at listfirst.com. Oh, I love written this for list first. Uh, because this is actually a very well-researched and interesting list. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to give you five of these incredibly strange surgical stories. So, the first one I want to talk to you about is Carl Langer's Ice Pick. Mm. So, Carl Langer was a 19th century anatomy professor from Vienna who liked stabbing cadavers with ice picks. Mm. But he wasn't a pervert, in brackets, as far as we know, anyway. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> okay alright um, <laughs> he was just doing some valuable research that just involved poking holes in a bunch of dead bodies mm. as an anatomy professor Langer did a lot of work with fresh stiffs hate that phrasing um, I don't know why people. I wish people wouldn't call them stiffs I don't know it's, it's just like a phrase that is always like Horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, during his experiments, he noticed that whenever he cut a corpse, the incision looked a little weird. Instead of being a circle, the wound was more of an oval, even though his ice pick had a rounded point. The issue had to do with collagen fibers, the structure that makes our skin elastic. Thanks to collagen, certain parts of the body are stretchier than others. Other parts are really tight. So when Langer stabbed these particular spots, the tension pulled the skin in opposite directions, yanking the wound wide open. This was bad news for patients recovering from surgery. Surgery. If the doctors cut these super stressed areas, the wounds had to heal whilst the skin was tearing itself apart. So, determined to find the best spots for a surgeon to slice, Langer rounded up a bunch of bodies. Mm. Armed with his trusty ice pick, he turned the cadavers into Swiss cheese. Oh! <laughs> After his experiments were through, he developed an anatomical roadmap showing where doctors should and shouldn't cut. These epidermal landmarks are known as Langer lines, and they're still proving useful today. Wow. While modern surgeons refrain from using Langer's lines for certain spots like the forehead, the diagrams are valuable when it comes to cosmetic operations like breast surgeries. And even though many doctors prefer cutting along natural wrinkle lines, Langer's research spared generations of patients from agonizingly long recovery. Freeze. Wow, that's very cool. So yeah, because this man just like poking holes and yeah, <laughs> and fucking freak. But fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes freaks are necessary. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have them. All right. So next up in my list is Orland's surgical art. Now, have you heard of Orland? She seems like the kind of woman you would be familiar with. I'm not sure that I have. How are you spelling that? O-R-L-A-N. No, I haven't. Okay, well, you'll see as I as I go forth why I think that this might be someone that you would have known. Okay. But she might be a little bit more niche or I'm excited. unknown in the scene. So, when it comes to pure gut-wrenching ickiness, there's no one nuttier than Orlan. Born Marielle Suzanne Franchette Port. Orlan has dabbled in all sorts of art forms from photography to sculpting, but this French woman's main claim to fame was the reincarnation of Saint Orlan, a rather disturbing project involving music, poetry, and cosmetic surgery. Hmm. Between 1990 and 1995, Orlan went under the knife nine times. With cameras rolling, she'd enter the OR wearing elaborate costumes. Oh. Music would play as surgeons wearing robes danced around the room. 
Orlin would recite poetry or works by French philosophers as mimes performed by her bedside. <gasps> and then the scalpels came out. <laughs> oh, God. When was this? Series of very ominous sentences n- between 1990 and 1995. Okay. Orlin turned herself into a collage of the great paintings, something like Western art's greatest hits. During one procedure, surgeons gave her Mona Lisa's forehead. Another time, her jaw was shaped to resemble the chin of Botticelli's Venus. And then there were the horns. For some reason, Orlin had a lump of silicon implanted above each eyebrow. All of these procedures were streamed live in art galleries, and Orlin was totally conscious throughout. (gasps) According to Orlin, her carnal art is a commentary on our perception of beauty, a rebellion against Christianity, and an attempt to become the ultimate work of art. There was also money. Orlin sold postcards and photos of her operations, and even preserved little bits of flesh however if you're famous you might not even have to pay for a piece of orlin the artist once gifted madonna a chunk of her thigh wow why have i never heard about this person right i never have either and like when i googled her all that really came up was that she was sued by lady gaga and that's basically like it it. i feel like this kind of performance art should make you more, more famous of a well-known name how strange because she's making me think of um abramovich uh, yeah uh, marina abramovich yeah like just the the whole like pain thing yeah that's really interesting it's also making me think a bit about um i don't know if you've ever heard anything about this but it's called the chromaster cycle no, I um, haven't. The artist is called Matthew Barney, and his is like he, he does sort of performance art stuff where he does all these elaborate costumes and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, but this is wild to me that she was awake as Ugh. she had her like jaw jaw redone. That's fucked. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she had pain relief, but she was conscious. Yes, yeah, that it's the consciousness that's disturbing to me. Yeah, seeing someone carve into your face whilst your like eyes are open. <sighs> nah, fuck. Also, that. imagine awful. being a celebrity and receiving a chunk of somebody's thigh. Yeah, what the hell? I'd I'd find that I'd take that as a threat personally. But yeah, I was about to say, would you be like complimented? Would you think it was cool, or would you be like, oh god, someone <laughs> sent me a piece of their thigh? God. I guess it would depend on my relationship with that person. Like, if I'd gone to their art shows and, like, reached out to them with a letter and been like, I love your work or whatever, and they sent me, like, something a bit weird, it would kind of make sense. But if it just came out of the out blue of with, like, no prior correspondence, <laughs> then that's very weird. God. Yeah. Interesting. Like, what do you do with somebody else's thigh yeah, you chunk? Just, <laughs> would it not go... I mean, I hate to say it like this, but would it not go off? It's got to have been preserved in some way. <sighs> like, I'm picturing, like, pickled and put into a shadow box. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> All right. Um, the next one is the nose doctor. All one word. Mm. Right. So, Mike Weinberger called himself the nose doctor and the man got a lot of business he worked in the town of merrillville indiana a place full of steel mills thanks to the air pollution people poured into his office complaining of sinus troubles fortunately weinberger knew what to do surgery oh god surgery for everyone oh god 
The nose doctor told 90% of his patients that they needed sinus surgeries <gasps> during their first appointment. Oh. If you walked in with the sniffles, you walked out with holes drilled in the backs of your maxillary sinuses. Ah. Most of his patients actually didn't need the surgery at all. Ah. Making things worse, Weinberger's methods were outdated. And thanks to those holes, many of his patients developed nasty infections. Oh, God. So yeah, this was more than negligence. Weinberger was something of a psychopath. He showed his patients terrifying pictures of disgusting bloody polyps growing in their sinuses, pictures that were entirely fake. There weren't any other surgeons in his office, and he owned his own CAT scan machine. That meant he didn't have to send his patients elsewhere for scans. Weinberger was in complete control. Before things came crashing down, Weinberger earned $30 million. He owned a 25-meter or 80-foot yacht, property in the Bahamas, and a five-story home in Chicago. Oh my god. The man was living large, and his patients were paying the ultimate price. While working on a nine-year-old who didn't need surgery because her sinuses were still developing, he actually missed a tumor growing on her pituitary gland. And even worse, he ignored a woman's throat cancer, and she soon after died. Eventually, people started filing malpractice suits against the nose doctor, but he wasn't planning on sticking around. After stealing millions from his own business and loading up on camping supplies, he has abandoned his wife in Greece without so much of a goodbye, although he did leave her with six million in debt. The surgeon then spent five years hiding out in northwestern Italy, but when his new girlfriend discovered what his identity was, she turned him over to the authorities. Incompetent to the end, Weinberger tried cutting his own throat but screwed up. Instead of claiming his life, he ended up with seven years behind bars and his 282 victims split a $55 million settlement in 2013. Oh my god. Is that not insane? I need a I need a Netflix documentary about this, like stat. Like where yeah, was please. this? Please. I was gonna say cause like have you ever listened to the podcast Dr. Death about that guy, Christopher Dunch? Yes, I have. I've listened to all of that one. That's really fascinating. I mean, obviously, absolutely horrific. But this is why medicine should not be privatized, because you will just get absolutely, f- like, massive nutcases. maniacs. Yeah, yeah, who are, like, who in are charge just... of their complete own thing. They don't have any oversight. Well, it's what I sent to you, remember, about those BBLs? Mm, yeah, I was going to bring that up this episode. I can't remember what the doctor He's was called. He's called Dr. Decina. Decina, yeah. Decina, yeah. Jose Decina. And honestly, that's all very grisly. I'm not even going to get it. Like, that's more upsetting than anything we've talked yeah. about. But he is really butchering people. He really is. And he's because doing he's got awful, some awful clout things. on Instagram, people are still going to him. But he's, like, killed so many people. I think he has... 11 deaths at this point that's a lot yes um and it's really scary to me actually just how much of a mortality rate bbls have in general and how popular they are yeah i don't know why they have such a high mortality rate do you know i think that um liposuction because i believe it is mostly like a liposuction treatment yes liposuction is quite dangerous because it is literally like sucking stuff out of you Mm, interesting i think you're i think that it's really easy to throw a clot or have a pulmonary embolism oh maybe yeah and I think a lot of people don't end up dying on the table because, like, but what later. happened to Kanye West's mother is she had a BBL and died, like, two weeks later of, like, a clot, I think. I just opened a Guardian article 
also i don't think i was right about dr decina i think he has more like seven deaths but still i mean that's too that's many still... that's seven too many um, <laughs> i've also seen his work and bitch it's not good it's not good people don't have belly buttons anymore he's like <laughs> taping really the awful. hips up to the tits it's not good um but this is an article called dying for a new body why so many deaths from plastic surgery tourism written by michael krumholtz yes mm-hmm and so this is, for example, this is an example. There's a there was a woman called Sherilyn Sedeno uh, um, mm-hmm. who went to the Dominican Republic to have a BBL, and she yeah, yeah. she she was 23 and she died of an embolism. I think yeah, it could also be because obviously there's the the fact that it's so close to all of your major organs but also i feel like injecting fat that's from another part of your body into your glutes is really dangerous if it hits a vein you're just literally pumping a vein full of fat which will immediately kill you of an embolism that's a really good point actually because i get my testosterone injections into my booty yeah because i get intramuscular ones uh, every every 12 weeks so basically it's a very big injection and they have to take two minutes to very slowly and carefully inject it because yeah it could very well if they shot it straight into me without being careful it could give me a pulmonary embolism which if you catch it in the moment won't kill you because they, they can actually treat that with uh i think it was just like oxygen basically. yeah but um you know, if you go home and you're sleeping after having fat pumped into it, yeah, you're it's, fucked. It's not gonna work out. All right, shall we go back to um, mine? Yeah, let's let's. I mean, I was about to say let's do something. Let's talk about something a bit nicer, but I have no idea what you're about to say. So this is nicer. Okay, um, good. This is certainly less depressing. It's actually pretty amazing. Um, so this is called ex vivo surgery. Are you familiar with this? Because I was not. No. All right. Heather McNamara was a seven-year-old girl from Long Island, New York, and she had cancer. But this wasn't your average tumor. The thing was a monster. It had tangled itself in her blood vessels and swallowed up her intestines, stomach, spleen, pancreas, colon, and liver. There was no way doctors could just cut it out. And that's where Dr. Tom... Tomoaki Kato came in. A Japanese surgeon who'd moved to America, Kato specializes in one of the most radical types of surgeries imaginable. It's called ex vivo resection, which means out of the living body. Instead of leaning over a comatose patient and prodding around in her insides, Kato removes all the organs and operates outside of the body. Oh, wow. It's an extreme procedure for extreme cases like Heather's. Um, so by the time Carter was done removing Heather's guts, the only thing left inside of her was the left side of her colon, which had escaped the tumor. Everything else was soaking in a speci- special icy solution. Removing all of these organs required cutting out and tying off an incredible number of blood vessels. After the snipping was done, three groups of surgeons scraped away at the entrails, and they had to work fast. If Heather's organs were, sh- were outside of her body for more than six hours, her circulatory system would shut down. From first cut to last stitch, the whole procedure took 23 hours that included replacing all the corrupted vessels using a piece of heather's jugular to hook up the liver and attaching the esophagus to heather's intestines as her stomach was too damaged of course dr kato also had to take a few breaks along the way um, the good doctor has been involved in dozens of ex vivo surgeries most of them successful um and 
fortunately that was the case for Heather McNamara. She survived the operation and is doing just fine to this day. Oh, so they literally so- took everything out of her, put it like all around the room and like pulled all the bits off of it and put it all back in. That is crazy. That's completely insane. It's so I'm um, that's amazing that she's completely survived that with like no issues basically yeah because that's like sounds like the worst cancerous situation i've heard of like that's crazy yeah um all right do you want a fun we're gonna finish on a fun one are you ready yep the surgeon who gave old men monkey balls um (laughs) (laughs) um just a good title (laughs) okay all right Serge Abramovitz Voronov was quite the crazy character, a Russian surgeon who trained with a Nobel Prize winning doctor. He studied the effects of castration on eunuchs whilst working for the King of Egypt until 1910. Obsessed with text... Sorry. Obsessed with testicles, Voronov believed the glands played a key part in the aging process. When he returned to Paris, he began offering monkey gland operations to aging gentlemen who wanted to regain their mental prowess and sexual potency. Oh my god! The first step of a monkey gland operation involves getting your hands on monkey balls. Voronov oh god, often used bum- baboons and chimpanzees, which are technically apes, and the process was quite intense. Tents, the primates were anesthetized and placed inside a special box that kept the animals restrained while the doctors snipped away. You obviously don't want an angry male chimp to wake up whilst trying to steal the family jewels. Understandable. <laughs> Next, Voronov sliced the testes into a thin layer and grafted them onto the private parts of the gentleman laying on the operating table. As bizarre as it sounds, the operations were wildly popular, and by the time he retired in the 1930s, Thousands of men had signed up for the procedure. Okay, now. The Russian earned, hang on, just this is the last paragraph. <laughs> the Russian earned quite a bit of cash. He moved into one of the swankiest hotels in Paris and even set up a facility specifically for breeding future donors. But as time went on, scientists realized that Varanov was a major quack. Monkey gland operations were useless and didn't actually do anything. In fact, some theorize that the surgeries helped transmit AIDS from monkeys to humans, <laughs> although others dispute that claim. Oh, Either God. way, it's safe to say that Varanov's operation were totally nuts that's amazing but also (laughs) i'm i've really i feel like we missed part of his thought process not sure there was much of a thought process but yeah so yes i understand that his thought process was that okay so when people when young boys would have their testicles removed their voices didn't drop and they didn't go through male puberty to the same way Mm -hmm. that someone who didn't have their testicles testicles removed would do i assume is yes. what, what he noticed um yeah he noticed that they didn't grow into like the the testosterone was less i guess so yes. they looked younger and sounded younger so instead of thinking oh they have less testosterone so they're more feminine he thought that they were like literally younger, younger. like it was like, almost like an immortality yeah. which thing. sure i can i get that point now where does the monkey ball come in? <laughs> yeah, why not other people balls? 
why well it would almost make more sense if he was like look guys you want to look younger you want to have like you want to be more youthful i'll cut your balls off yeah, yeah that would make more off. sense to me because that's in my head as a crazy russian man that's what i would do <laughs> i'd be like okay so i've noticed the boys who don't have any balls have higher voices and they look younger for longer so i'm just gonna start cutting people's balls off for money yeah it's the frankensteining of the testicles that is lost me like what is it about monkey balls that he was but like the fact that's... Is he was just cutting them into like thin strips and just grafting them on like he just kind of s- yeah he wasn't replacing onto... the balls of men with monkey balls no he was just kind of like there's just like a little infused like a nicotine patch <laughs> yeah like a little patch of monkey ball skin <laughs> And yeah, it didn't do anything. No shit. <laughs> yeah, of course. I like that the only thing it possibly did was give the patients AIDS, which is really <laughs> so fucking unfortunate. Oh, God. <laughs> that's the. I mean, that is the worst outcome from any sort of surgery. That's the isn't worst it? outcome, even... really, isn't it? It's like you've got a bit of monkey testes on your testes. Prior fucking because I'm healing grafts at the moment. It's not a pleasant procedure. No, Can't but it'd be worse if it was genitals. Imagine if they just replaced your nipples with like monkey nipples. And then, oh great, now you also have AIDS. Like great, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, wonderful. No, that's perfect. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. That's great. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Early 1900s, like, um, snake oil salesman stories where they just sell people the most bizarre bullshit. (laughs) I love it. It's so funny. (laughs) I like all these, like, Russian dudes were like, yeah, get me on that. The Russians were the worst about it. (laughs) It was like, he's had thousands of surgeries. Thousands of these monkey ball surgeries. (laughs) Why were they... Right, so Surely. this is like the nineteen. Uh, this is like the 1930s that this happened in. Yes, some men who had bits of monkey ball grafted to them would have still been alive in like the 70s and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> this is very funny to me. <laughs> like somebody's great grandfather just like, had a bit of monkey Got ball. A bit like. of monkey ball. <laughs> oh Christ. Amazing. To be fair, I feel like if you were someone who signed up for monkey ball surgery because you couldn't, like, I don't know, jizz anymore or whatever, you probably I don't think didn't you... have an awfully long life. So maybe I was they say you're not destined for a long life at that point. <laughs> or to be someone's grandfather. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Um, <laughs> maybe they were all infertile. Uh, yeah, it sounds like they were having some trouble. It's an interesting alternative to Viagra. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Um... Well, that is fascinating. I was going to talk about really interesting, innovative medical procedures also. I mean, not that innovative, don't get me wrong. All right. But um, I found on Mm LiveScience.com the nine most interesting transplants. Oh, okay. So in 2011, there was the first successful womb transplant. Yes, I heard about that, actually. Um, This is... is, uh, Yes, yeah, so this was transplanted from a deceased woman into a 21-year-old a woman who was born without a uterus. Yeah, that's going to be a real game changer for um, infertile cis women and also trans women. Yes, I know. I've been seeing there's been, um, there's a doctor very recently, wasn't there, who was talking about trying to transplant a uterus for a 
yeah for a trans woman which i think would be amazing if that would very exciting they can have mine yeah yeah honestly i don't need mine <laughs> nah not using it won't be i'm using not it. using it it's waste waste of space really it's frankly just a stress to me at this point <laughs> <laughs> well there you go i think they should set up some sort of system for trans people where you can like swap. you know i felt like this about my tits because i really did have pretty spectacular knockers they were big but they were perky yeah you could have donated symmetrical, them like good uh what do they call the big naturals <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who them is just like the who's people they? Of the who's internet. telling you you have big naturals <laughs> various people throughout my life um various men on the internet and um i just kind of felt like they should have gone to someone but now they're just in the bin you know yeah i know it's a waste it's a waste well hopefully someone did a fight club moment and like took it out of the bins and made soap (laughs) with it i would prefer oh i wish i got soap made out of my titties that would be so fun can you imagine that would be i think like i honestly think that like cosmetic surgeons and stuff should start offering things like this like do you want like to keep a a trinket of some sort yeah because i would absolutely i wish i could have kept the teeth that they pulled out my fucking head right where did they go i want those those are my they would teeth just put them in the bin they would just go into medical waste which is a shame because they're my bones yeah those are my bones i grew them myself <laughs> I, I didn't even back. want them to be removed you guys decided i needed them to be removed I'm going to sue our dental practice. Be like, you guys threw my bones Give in the bin. Give me my just bones get, like, back. Whiskey drunk and just call them. Be like, be you like- put my bones in the bin. <laughs> I feel like doing this to my fucking surgeon. Just be yeah, like, give me on. my boob fat back. Because they, yeah, because they did do liposuction, which is what. In Fight Club, they make the soap out. They go to the liposuction clinic. So yeah, give they me just my pick liposuction up big bags fat. of fat, and they just so I can do like a Tyler Durden and give myself like a kiss burn on the back of my hand and make some soap. Yeah, exactly. It's all I've ever wanted. Fucking missed out, frankly. Very sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep, keep telling me about oh, transplants yes. and whatnot. Um. But yeah. So very cool. Um. Uterus transplant, and it seems to be yes. Uh. Effective. So yeah. Hopefully. In the future, that will be a more common surgery. Um, similar over- ovary transplants. Um, they transplanted ovaries into a very young woman whose ovaries had basically just like stopped producing hormones and eggs. Yeah, and yeah, it it, it worked, and she was able to give birth later. Wow, that's cool, isn't it? Um, this guy who was <laughs> now this one's fun. A forty-four-year-old man who received a transplanted penis. Oh, had yeah. lost his own penis in an accident, leaving with a, leaving him with a stump less than half an inch long. Oh no! He was unable to urinate. It's, I can't believe they described it like that. That's so insulting. <laughs> That's rude. This poor guy. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was unable to urinate standing up or to have sex, and his doctors gave him the organ of a twenty-two-year-old brain-dead man whose parents had donated his penis. Now, right. Okay. I think that's a lovely concept. However, yes. if I died and my parents were like, yeah, you can have her, <laughs> you can have her dick. <laughs> Not that I have one to give, but you know, the point still stands. Yeah. I just think that, I I just think that that's a, because like, you know, obviously <laughs> you get dead people's like 
hearts and livers and stuff. Yeah. And I think I'd find that less scary because it's on the inside of me. <laughs> but yeah. if it's on the outside, like I got a transplanted eyeball and I could see very clearly that that's somebody else's eyeball in my head. Oh, I think and that really upsets me somehow. Yeah, and I think, f- like, well, also imagine, like, I don't know, being this guy's wife or whatever, and getting fucked with some dead 22-year-old's penis. <laughs> oh, you can't say that. I know, but it does sound it's very bad. True. But it's literally true. I know, I do I do think that, because, like, I am a donor, if so I were I to die. So I actually just got my donor card, and it lists on the back of it every single thing that I can donate, and it is all of them. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, so, I mean, if I were to die a premature death, um, God forbid, I would be happy for people to take yeah. any of my organs. I won't be using them. I'm going to be oh, in the I'm ground. Sure this made this man's life so much better and everything like that. It just, there is just something slightly strange about, like, the external, external transplant stuff to me. Where you, like, I've seen, like, where people have got, like, you know, a transplanted hand or whatever and it's like a slightly different skin tone oh, and yeah stuff. it's just slightly slightly strange just slightly like i just wonder how you feel about that like looking at that and being like this was on another person's a person body. who is now dead yes well okay so you were talking about how you think it must have improved his life loads apparently after 10 oh, no. days <laughs> so 10 days after his transplanted penis uh, was put yeah. on the patient was able to urinate normally however his new penis had a swollen shape and his wife could not psychologically handle it and so they ultimately decided to have it removed again oh so i was right that they couldn't hack it couldn't hack it could not hack it i mean well i'm glad i've not said that i'm i do think what i said is possibly out of pocket but i'm just thinking of it from my perspective that if you know this happened to my husband i don't think that i would like that that it was someone else's that it was somebody else's penis that belonged to a dead person. I just think it would very much take me out of it sexually. There's something mentally quite strange about it. Yeah, yes. there's like a there's a huge mental block there that I would find very hard to get past. I could probably get past most other body parts and stuff. Yeah, that one in particular seems to be really. <sighs> I'm trying to punch through that wall and be open minded, but I it's not. It's not. No, it's not working for me. It's rough. No, I can't, can't. I can't quite. Can't quite uh, get my head around that one. I can actually see why they would have gone, gone back. Yeah, that's wild. That it only took ten days before they were just like, <sighs> yeah, we nah. need that gone again. Thanks. They can't have surely even. Ha- it can't have even healed well enough in ten days. No, for them I to think really, they were premature like, about. Yeah, I think I'd give it like it some back. months or something. <laughs> Do you think they gave it back? I guess it wouldn't be any good. Like you can't you you can't give it to someone a second time, can no, you? No, no. But do you think they do you think they gave it back to the dead guy out of respect? Oh, do you think they like put it buried it with him? Yeah, but like separately. You <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Separate oh, little urn for his. No, wiener. this is so out Next of pocket. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is so so sorry to this donor man. Oh my god. Now I have to stop talking. This was over 15 years ago. Oh, it's all right. Okay. You know, lots of people die. And, um, you know, I think that if I was the dead one, I would think that this was really funny. (laughs) So not everyone has my sense of humor, though. (laughs) 
God. Um, All right, continue. Okay. Give me the best of the transplant. Okay, okay. So I'll go through them very quickly. Six organ transplant. A five-year-old girl had six different organs transplanted. Wow. Because she, again, had a cancerous tumor that stretched through loads of her. Yeah, like kind of ravaged. Yeah. Double limb transplant. Oh, okay. So there's a guy who's a quadruple amputee and he received Mm -hmm. two hands in a double transplant procedure. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, all of this is crazy. I can't believe that you can kind of like... Just do that. You just fucking stick it on. somebody else and it just like works. Just gets on it. It's fine. There's actually one on a list that I have got here... Uh, I'll let you continue, but I do want to discuss like the logistics of it because I think I'm being dumb and can't wrap my head around it, but I'll, I'll see what you think. Okay. Continue. Um, then we've got a toe to thumb transplant that is, so you just have one big thumb, but it works perfectly, which is amazing. A 60 person kidney transplant chain. Yep. Which is amazing. And also a face transplant. They've also attempted a full head transplant but i don't think it has worked yet. yeah so um this is what i wanted to talk about in my article so which is oh wait can i tell you about one that i f- i forgot to mention oh yes there's this one that's called osteodontokeratoprothesis which is m- yes. also known as tooth in eye surgery and i'm amazed by this this is so cool So the procedure is basically, so this is for someone who has lost the use of either one or both of their eyes, a type specifically for corneal related injuries or corneal blindness. Yeah. Very interesting. Only very few people have ever gotten this surgery because I think it's incredibly complicated and has like a, I would imagine a pretty high risk factor. So stage one, they remove a wisdom tooth or one of the molars from the patient is removed and cut into a block and then a hole is drilled through it through the root and a plastic lens or an optic cylinder is set inside it so crazy the tooth and the lens are then sewn into a pocket of skin underneath the opposite eye to the one that will be implanted to for a while so like it's going to stay in there for a while to form its own blood vessels finally a piece of skin is cut from the inside of the patient's cheek and stitched over the eyeball being operated on in time this will form the new the front of the new eye so a few months later um they take the tooth that was implanted in the under eye out once it's covered it's like basically kind of created its own blood vessels and its own soft tissue and everything and it will have actually yeah. started circulating blood properly like an eyeball might have that's so wild isn't it strange they take the tooth out and they put put it in the new where like in the eye socket and they put mm-hmm. grafted skin over it and then yeah the tooth and the lens is implanted in the eye and the cheek skin stitched back leaving a small hole for the lens the skin now forms the front of the patient's eye if the procedure is successful the patient will recover their sight so they just have a tooth eye that's so weird i just would how did anyone even think eye. of this isn't that completely insane have you seen a photo of the guy who has it yes it's amazing it is amazing it's so cool yes, i mean Ian, who Ian Tibbetts. Who even thought of that? I, I literally, that's what I can't like wrap my head around is that who thought, ah, uh, yes. We'll replace uh, it with tooth. a tooth with a hole in it. Yeah. I just think that that's 
really bonkers. It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about this head transplant business. Okay, so... um. <laughs> Yeah, possible cure for paralysis is the subheading for this, for head transplant, which, okay. Uh, in 2013, Italian neurosurgeon Dr. Sergio Canavero announced proposals to perform the world's first ever human head transplant, a procedure he believes has the potential to treat paralysis caused by neurological or muscle-wasting diseases. The procedure, named, named Heaven Gemini, will involve removing the heads of the recipient and a healthy donor using an ultra-sharp blade in order to avoid spinal cord damage. Now, before I proceed, I just, I want to give you what I'm hung up on. Okay. So if, okay, so you, you are paralyzed. Yep. And you, you're laying on the table, and they're going to put sure. you under. And there's a dead person who was not paralyzed, and yet they're going to swap your heads. Well, I don't... I, okay, Fox, admittedly, I don't think they'll put the dead person's head onto your old body. <laughs> oh, they're putting <laughs> you onto the new person. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought they were like... Because I was like, well, then you'll just be dead. <laughs> <laughs> reanimate the dead person no it's not like <laughs> it's not like they're like okay so this person's paralyzed they're the one that we're gonna kill this guy who's already dead we're bringing we're giving him a paralyzed body and also bringing him back to life <laughs> i'm just really confused and like why not just logic. bring him back to life in his healthy body <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think I was just really stuck on the body part and wasn't considering that that you and your brain will move where you and your brain are going to rather than <laughs> the body. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I, I had was the thinking same about thought. it in the reverse. I had the same <laughs> thought at first. So I was like, okay, but it's just a different guy then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking it's just like a different person now but now i get it they put you and your brain onto a body that has full mobility <laughs> but i was just like that's, <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> they, just they just make a new guy, guy and they're like oh yeah we cured your son of his paralysis here's uh here's a new guy his name's john yeah completely different person <laughs> But it's the same problem. Is he still paralyzed? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's good. I get it now. Um. So it says all in all, the operation is expected to take around thirty-six hours and eleven million dollars to complete, and it will require the skills of around a hundred and fifty surgeons and nurses. Why that many? Um. I guess so. They work in shifts. Right, that does make that makes sense. I don't Still, think you it could just fit feels that like many people in the operating. I mean, it's a very big operating. Theater. Oh, I was just about to say, it all sounds a bit crowded. <laughs> But I think even for 36 hours, that still seems like a lot of people coming and going. Do you know what I mean? It seems like more like you'd want each person to do sort of six hours with like a couple. Of, like, I just feel like how many people do you need in the room at a time? I don't know. Maybe a lot. I don't know. I don't know. Much. Again, above my pay grade. I don't know much about human head transplants, apparently. No, well, clearly they not. They were like making clearly zombies. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice if they could bring the other guy back to life as well, but... Yeah, just like a bonus. He would unfortunately then wake up in a paralysed body and probably be quite pissed off. 
Yeah, you'd be like, right, why have you done this if you could just, like, bring me back? Yeah, if it was that easy. Um, all right, so after the procedure is complete, the recipient will be kept in a comb of three to four weeks um, to minimize movement and everything. The n- number of individuals have already volunteered for the procedure. And, uh, yeah, so... Wow. I guess we'll see whether that ever comes to oh, plan, no. like, comes to fruition. I just looked up whether anyone's ever tried it before, and apparently a man called Sergio Canavero tried it in 1970, which doesn't sound good because we've never heard about it, which means it did not go well. But I just said in 2013, an Italian neurosurgeon called Sergio Canavero. Did you just say the 70s? Okay, something must have gone wrong in this article. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say... Unless he's just been really wanting to do this for, like for about 50 years. 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No one can stop him. He won't stop chopping off heads. Let me let me read this article very briefly. It all started in 2015, okay? Well, then when did the 70s start into this? <laughs> oh, Dr. Robert Joseph White. Don't, I'm going to look okay. up. You used to keep going, and I'll see if I can find anything about this 1970s head transplant. Right, so um, I'm I'm going to quickly rattle through two different article sort of things that are, yeah. you know, taken from Reddit threads, basically. And one is like, 30 bone-chilling stories from people who woke up during surgery. Except I'm Ugh. not going to go through all of these, because they're ultimately not that interesting and quite scary. But this one really made me laugh. I woke up during surgery to remove a bone spur from my big toe. I must have made a sound because the doctor looked at me and said, what are you doing up? Go back to sleep. And I asked him (laughs) if I had pretty bones. And he said, yes, now go to sleep. And then I just nodded and went back to sleep. That's nice. I was so drugged up, I wasn't even scared. That's so funny. And most of these are just, like, people waking up, not really feeling anything, because obviously they're so drugged up. Yeah. And just the doctor's going, oops. Whoopsie, <laughs> <laughs> go back to sleep, And they, they just then, like, yeah, meet blackness. But then this is, like, the 60 most hilarious things patients have said under anesthetic or anesthesia. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> One patient stroked my unshaved arm whilst I was trying to keep him from pulling at his IV, and he muttered, you'd make such a great carpet. (laughs) Oh my god. Amazing. During my wisdom teeth surgery, they were playing music and Billie Jean comes on, and I said, glad Michael Jackson could join us. And that was the last (laughs) thing I remember. (laughs) Um, and then this is something I supposedly said when I came out of my wisdom teeth surgery, which is, my bones feel wet, can I have a napkin? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> had, a, had a patient wake up violently. When he came to, he said, sorry, I thought I was a shark. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. (laughs) Have you ever seen that video of Ozzy Osbourne after having his wisdom teeth out? No. And he tries to like, he's like completely silent. I can't remember. I don't think he says anything. Um, But he just tries, you know, the little rinse cup that they have when you, after you have a dental procedure, he gets one of those and just pours it directly into his eye and he keeps trying to do it. And they're like, Ozzy, please put the cup down. (laughs) He's just pouring (laughs) all the stuff into his eyes. (laughs) a good video anyways 
when I was about to go out for surgery, they're strapping me down and told me it so I don't fall off the table. My last words were, it's okay, five second rule. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. (laughs) When I was nine and having jaw surgery, the surgeon was putting me under and said, say bye to your mommy. And apparently nine-year-old me thought that that meant they were going to kill me. My mother says I gave her a look of absolute terror and then passed out. (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> I I remember seeing one of these like on Tumblr years ago too. Someone saying like I had this like really like tough Russian nurse when I went for my surgery. Instead of like asking me to count backwards or anything, she literally just like put the mask over me and just went goodbye. <laughs> and I just saw black. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, did you find anything? Yes, I did. I found... I'll give you a very small rundown. Yeah. He was an American neurosurgeon born in 1926, best known for his head transplants on living monkeys. Oh. Now, in 1970, after a long series of preliminary experiments, White performed a transplant of one monkey head onto the body of another monkey. Because the surgery included severing the spine at the neck, the subjects were paralyzed from the neck down. After the surgery, because the cranial nerves within the brain were still intact and nourished by the circulatory system from the new body, the monkey could still hear, smell, taste, eat, and follow objects with its eyes. So it worked. Wow. So it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. It's just not been done on a person Isn't that insane? That is insane. Obviously, ultimately, immune rejection caused the monkey to die after nine days. But, I mean... Yeah. It worked. Yeah, yeah, it still worked. It just, not forever. That's There's some kinks to iron That's wow. absolutely mental, though. He's, uh, but, yeah, I think the guy that you were talking about, Sergio... Mm-hmm. Canavero. Yeah, I think he talked to this guy... Right. Because he was like the leading doctor in head transplants at the oh, time. So he's like taken over his. Legacy. Yeah, yeah, because he died in like 2010, this guy that I was right, talking okay. about. So he kind of pioneered it, and hopefully Canavera is going to be able to perfect it. Be able to perfect the, sh- the situation with um, reconnecting the spinal cord and all that sort yeah, of business. And having the person live and everything. I guess yes, the whole thing's well, probably ideally. just such a legal thing you know like you'd have to probably waive a lot of your legal stuff yeah very interesting though isn't it amazing yeah this is my last one now which is surgeons are sharing the wildest things they found on someone's body which is on buzzfeed and this this is taken from reddit this first one is a guy put a cucumber down his throat and it broke off so he couldn't pull it back out. He came uh, in with his wife. <laughs> oh god. I bet they were doing some kinky. They nonsense. always are. They every time with these situations, there's always something up the Yeah, butt. I'm gonna say that I haven't read this list past like the first two or something but a lot of it's just going to be explainable by kinky nonsense because why else would you put a whole cucumber down your throat well exactly that's not how you eat no i mean he's either done this on his own as like a kinky thing and then had to go to his wife like like choking because he's got a huge cucumber down his throat how that didn't kill him is beyond me it's amazing frankly um, all right, number two, we found a bezoar, a bezoar, 
I don't know. I'm never sure. I can't remember how to pronounce that, which is a giant hairball, basically. Oh. In the exact shape of a stomach. Turns out the patient oh. worked at a hair salon and was ah. eating the people's hair that they cut off once the person, like, once the people had left. Oh, God. I, oh, my God. That's... What? I know. And so that so they just... Their entire stomach was just full of hair. Just a big hair lump. That's terrible. It is terrible. Um, a trauma patient fell on a steel rebar and it went in one side of his chest and out the other side. It somehow missed his heart, esophagus, and major arteries. We removed it with oh. no critical injuries. Holy shit, that's amazing. That Very lucky. That. That's so lucky. Um, this person says, cement. I work in dermatology and had a couple of women come in with cement injected into their faces oh, and they I've didn't know why they couldn't that. feel their faces or do certain facial expressions. And yes, they wanted a discount injections, so they went to Mexico. So that is pretty common <gasps> with like backyard. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, alleyway. Um, surgical procedures is is cement getting put into you. Ah oh, God. Gotta pay for pay for quality i'm afraid yeah i'm um, afraid so my chest cost twenty thousand dollars and you know i but i it's I, worth it it's really, really worth it. it i'm sure you could probably also get a good job for you know 16 14 something like that but when we start to get down to the single thousands you gotta be it's not ca- right it's your body that you've gotta be in forever and sometimes yeah yeah an investment is worthwhile i think yeah agree or just don't do it you know and i get the desperation but like you can't be doing cement you can't be injections cement into, your butt, into you no into your face and butt no um all right so this one a guy came into the hospital with a three-day headache out of nowhere head ct showed a large nail through the anterior (gasps) skull base above the nose between the forehead when asked about it he said he had been using a pneumatic nail gun a couple of days before he remembered a moment where he didn't brace the gun right and it rebounded hitting him in the face it must have actually fired a nail when the end hit him in the face and he didn't realize it he indeed did have a small wound in his cheek that fit with the story luckily the nail of avoided the large blood vessels and other critical structures in the brain isn't that wild that he did he thought it just rebounded and hit him in the cheek but it's one of them really thin little nails and it just went straight through him and he didn't even realize it had gone in that would be so scary (laughs) now can i tell you one that i heard about ages ago um that they found this woman is complaining about pain in her bladder and they found Mm. a small shot glass that she'd managed to put up her urethra. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. We actually even discussed this on this podcast. On the podcast. Oh, well, I'm yeah. sorry, but that's not right. <laughs> it's How worth do you mentioning do that? twice. How do you do that? Yeah. Not sure. How do you do I that? I like that there's you like, not... explained this because she thought it was her vagina, which isn't better, because how do you think your urethra is your vagina? They're not and the same. And why were you putting a shot gl- glass up your vagina, too? Yeah, well, exactly. Like, got... There's many questions involved. Many questions there? here. Um, all right, I've got a cherry pit from the sinus of a man who'd stuck it up his nose 40 years earlier, surprisingly <laughs> his lifelong 
problem with the right side sinus drainage was finally resolved. Good for him. Someone says, I'm a dental surgeon. We had two men come into reception, one of whom had a snooker bowl in his mouth. The man oh. who didn't explain that they'd been at the snooker club down the road and his friend bet someone 50 pounds that he could fit a snooker ball in his mouth. He won oh, the bet and then realized he couldn't get it out. Idiot. We had to sedate him and then dislocate his jaw to remove oh. it. Yeah. I know. This is the thing with like light bulbs light and stuff. Bulbs, it I does know. go. It goes in easy. It goes in, but not out. And also because you panic, you like clamp up a lot. It really stresses me out as a concept. But yeah, lots of stuff can go in, but not come back out. Ugh. Yeah, the the horrible, super bowl actually it? is upsetting me more than the light bulb for some reason. So at least with the light bulb, I mean, if worse comes to worse, you could crunch down on it. It's not great. Yeah, you shouldn't. Like, what they do is they do smash it and then pull the. They smash it out. and pull the pieces out whilst you're properly sedated. But the snooker ball, you do have to have your mouth desiccated, and also I just feel like <gasps> I would accidentally like like get like really salivating and like accidentally start to swallow it, <laughs> like start to uh, inhale it. Don't, that's awful. <laughs> like I just think I'd be really claustrophobic by it. Yeah, like in- internally claustrophobic. Yeah. Right. I'm horrible. a former ER tech. We had an older gentleman come in with a mayonnaise jar up his ass that he'd filled with uh, water and a goldfish. What? <laughs> what? Uh, what? What? Lots to unpack. What do you actually <laughs> mean? Uh, why would you do? Why would you do that? And why with the goldfish in it? Why? It was it. Was he trying to was do a like magic a party trick? trick? Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, is this was a magic trick kink? situation? I, this has got What's to be happening with people? very specific kink. Because, like, there's no other explanation for putting your goldfish in a sealed mayonnaise jar and then putting that up your ass. How did you... I... No. 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 Just no. I have nothing to say, actually, about that one. That's awful. Yeah, That's just... salad. Yeah, okay, <laughs> continue. continue on. Um, had a lad dropped off an ER with a crossbow bolt stuck in his upper thigh, a story that he was walking through a local park with his loaded crossbow and tripped, shooting himself in the thigh, which... <laughs> now, you know. why was he walking through the park with a loaded crossbow, is the question yeah, well, I would like to ask. You know, don't do that. Don't carry loaded weapons in public. Don't have a loaded crossbow. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, okay. A man came into my clinic with really bad stomach pain, so he fell around his stomach and gave him an x-ray. What I found was two pool balls and car keys. I asked him how this happened, but all I could get out of him that he was super drunk. (gasps) How did they get in his stomach? I'm guessing up the rear end, not down the mouth end. No, but... Okay, well, (laughs) right. Okay, so the thing is... Yeah, but you've got to push him up very far to be doing that. The snooker balls at least are smooth... The car keys? How are you getting car keys so far up your ass that they're getting to your stomach? I I don't. I don't. And then I like how he like complained of stomach pain. You're like, yeah, no shit, you ate two snook well you didn't eat, you shoved two (laughs) snooker balls up your asshole. Yeah, like, listen, it's gonna hurt. Lord knows I've been drunk. I've been drunk. I've been very drunk. But I have not been put two snooker balls all the way up my ass so far that they reach my stomach level drunk and then put keys in there to finish it off. To fucking lock it in. Just cup, cup <laughs> keys up there. Whatever. 
Like, who watched him do this? Because he can't have done it on his own. No, it's got to be something that hits someone like bet him. Like people have. To that's do. the kind of thing you do when you're like coaxed by other people. Because if he's done it on his, like if he's just drunk, he's gone home into his bedroom, just gone. <laughs> what would yeah, be that's funny? not right. That's then not you, right. you've gone wrong. Like it's not good the other way either. But like the peer pressure element, I can understand. At least at makes least. more sense. Yeah, because lads do do very dumb things. They do be doing together. really stupid shit while drunk. Yeah. All right, so I've got a couple, just like three more. Saw a man who was 80 plus years old with a pill bottle up his ass. Swore yep. he didn't know how it got there, but yeah, mm. we know, so. I, okay, the thing is that I really enjoy about these sorts of situations where people are like, I don't know how it got up there. It is not that easy to put stuff up your ass. You can't just fall on stuff and it will go up there. Like, it's, that's not, no. if that's how it would work, you'd just be shitting yourself all the time. Yeah, it's not a case of just falling over nude. And no. Like, not ball, at all. Went up my booty. Didn't know that was there. Like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, sure thing, bud. Yeah. Um, not a surgeon, but paramedic. I took a roofer into the hospital after he fell off a roof on a hot day toward the end of the day. We had a buzzing the entire time, had no idea what was going on. They took him straight to the x-ray where we got there. He had a massive vibrating butt plug inside <laughs> of him. So he'd been doing roofing with a vibrating with oh butt plug in. I mean, you got to spice up the day, don't you? Oh my you god. Got, you got to spice Good for up him. the you gotta day. Fuck it. You know what? <laughs> fuck it it gets boring doing roofs and roofing all whatever. day might as well put a fucking giant vibrating butt plug up your yeah, ass yeah la labor jobs can get tedious you know nah, why not that's have a little fun i mean you know i have <laughs> wonder to if you had one of them him. like apps you know the ones that like where you have the app that's connected to the vibrator <sighs> oh, yeah, and you or can whatever control someone else's vibrator from like a distance wonder if he gave it to one of his roofing pals how embarrassing that he fell off a roof that and then they day. discovered his secret. Yeah. I wonder how often he was doing it. Yeah, maybe this was like his one-off like treat and he just got really unlucky that day. Yeah, that's so terrible. <laughs> okay, you know what? I have to respect him for that though, because, you know, at least it is something that's made to go up your butt. Yes, it absolutely. Yeah, this is not related to going to the hospital. He's not gone to the hospital being like, I have a butt plug in my butt. No, he, no, this the is butt like plug is unrelated to the injury. It's an incidental it's butt completely plug. Completely, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then the last one that will finish us off is: I saw a dozen glass teardrop pendants from an antique chandelier in the stomach of a child. <laughs> oh no! Kids do be eating stuff. They Fuck do be sake. eating. Yeah, you tried to eat pennies all the time, so. Well, I nearly suffocated to death on one, so yeah. I remember. Indeed. I remember distinctly because I want. I thought it'd be very funny to hide Dad's money from him, and I ended Inside up getting a quarter sucked into my esophagus and turned purple. Yeah, yeah. No, Imagine I if I died from sucking on a quarter. That would have been so embarrassing for That's everybody. That's embarrassing. That's it. That wouldn't be embarrassing for me. I'd be like, oh yeah, I did have an older brother, but um, he died when yeah. he like, from sucking on a penny. When he was, like, six. Yeah. Yeah, that would be such a... Like, because, you know, you have to tell the story. It's, like, tragic enough, but it's it's extra bad that it's just, like, this, like, completely preventable preventable reason. Death. Because I just thought it was, like, uh, just a fun prank to be doing. Well, 
It was kind of a pr- it was a prank, but was it fun? I mean, I it's say. A, it was yes. The last was thing a prank. I have to say about surgery is because mm-hmm. it's the first thing I thought when we decided this was the theme for the episode. I'm not going to go into it. I'm okay. going to just say this is the. I'm not going to read it out, but the worst okay. <laughs> surgery story I have ever read. And if you've been on the internet for long enough, you know what it is. And the story is called The Swamps of Dagobah or Dagobah. I don't know. I haven't seen Star Wars in a long time. The story is called that. It's a copy pasta. It's been spread around the internet hundreds of times. It's the worst surgery story ever written. I don't think, I don't think I know what that is. Well, I'll read it to you as soon as we're done recording. Okay. But be warned. That sounds good. It is the most Everyone disgusting can look that up thing on their own time. I have ever. This has been a gross read. episode, frankly. Yeah, well, that's why I figured I'd finish it off with that. Yeah, it's been a gnarly episode. Um, so I think I'm all wiped out. I'm done. Out. I think. I think. Yeah, I reckon it's time to hit the beach and have a cocktail. Absolutely. And if you want to surf with us again, we'll be back in two weeks. Instead of a cocktail, I'm gonna have like a whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> so, so much information. Spirits, <laughs> Annalise <laughs> Keating style. Um, yeah, just glug half a bottle yeah. of vodka. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in two weeks, our next topic is dating. So join us for that. And everything that comes with it, from navigating the world of online dating to first dates from hell. Thank you to our editor, Beck Gray, our executive producer, Brandon Hill, and the composer of our theme song, Phantom Fun, Jonathan Boyle. We've been the web surfers. See you next time. Bye. Bye.